Good morning to everybody online. Good morning to everybody in person. Welcome, uh, James. Just to give a quick introduction to our speaker this morning, um, I think many of you know James Ford through his writings um, or uh, online presence at least. Just to, to say a few words, and I'm sure I'll get some of this wrong, but James Ford Roshi, uh, Myo Un um, Roshi, his Dharma name, um, received Dharma transmission back in 1971 from G.U. Kennett Roshi out in uh, uh, Shasta, uh, Cal Mount Shasta, California, and then um, later uh, took up koan introspection, koan study with John Tarrant Roshi, who is a uh, Dharma heir of Aiken, of Robert Aiken Roshi, out in Hawaii, and began practicing with him, and eventually became successful to John Tarrant. Uh, I think that was in what, 2005? Uh, these, these time frames, right? Um, and um, he's also the author of a uh, multiple, multitude of books, including one that we keep in stock. If you haven't uh, read, um, we have a number of copies. Um, uh, now I'm forgetting the title. Keep me in your yeah. If you're lucky, your heart will break. Thank you. Zen memoir. Um, James is also uh, my wife's teacher, Zen teacher, and uh, their connection through not only Zen but also through Unitarian Universalism, because James is also a Unitarian Universalist minister. Um, was a parish minister for many years in various parishes around the country. And he currently is, well, before I go to currently, he also founded Boundless Way Zen, um, a Zen uh, collective of sorts back in uh, Massachusetts, I believe. Is it Massachusetts? And other places it's spread. But, and then um, sort of set that on its own. Uh, now they are independent and uh, began um, Empty Moon Zen, Zen Network, which is a collective of teachers and practitioners based out of Southern California. So that's where James is based, uh, joining us from today, I think. You're not in India yet. I know you were going to India. So I just want to welcome James and thank him for joining us so early in the morning, his time. He's also got to preach this morning at the UU Church, uh, at UU Church out there after this. Thank you, Teshin. That that was really sweet of you. Uh, um, and all, I I really apologize. Uh, my friends say that that there is a reason I'm not allowed to book airline flights. Apparently, I pick wrong days, wrong times, and often wrong destinations. <laughs> Today, uh, as Teshin mentioned, uh, after uh, I get to to annoy you for a while, uh, I, I will be off to the First Unitarian Church of Los Angeles uh, uh, to annoy them for a while. So, uh, uh, crazy craziness for, for, for all. Um, for today, I, I um, have been given to understand that, that you have been playing for a while with, uh, with the Blue Cliff record, kind of, kind of going through and poking around in the, in the dark corners of, uh, of the cases and and seeing what, what, what animals might scurry out. Uh, 
this one, uh, which I, I was, which Teshin invited me to, to reflect on, uh, is, a, is an old uh, favorite, uh, it, generally known by the title of Joshua's Called by Fire. The, the text is, is terribly long. A monk said to Joshua, when the thousands of universes are all together and utterly destroyed in the Kalpa fire, I wonder whether this perishes or not. This perishes, said Dashwe. If so, persisted the monk, does it follow the other? It follows the other, said Dashwe. Lucliff, uh, uh, as I said, case 29. This story, actually, it's also collected with an addendum of sorts in the Book of Serenity, uh, sometimes translated as the Book of Equanimity, um, as that collection's case 30. Uh, in that telling, the monk isn't satisfied with Dashwe's response uh, to his, if you will, burning question. So he goes to another master and asks the same question and is told it does not perish. The monk asks, why this response and is told because it is the same as the whole universe now i love the juxtaposition not unlike the famous mu koan the nub of which turns on the question asked of chow cho about a student by a student of the way uh, does the dog have buddha nature do you have buddha nature do i have in the face of the doctrine that we all have, or maybe it's our Buddha nature, in the Mu Koan, the, the master responds to the question with Mu. No. A no, like the cult of fire. If you're unclear on the concept, in Buddhist mythologies, the universes exist in cycles and they end, and I presume, birth in cultifiers. So, the end of the end times, at least as far as all the things of the universe are concerned, you know, like you and me. Also, in the Book of Serenity, we get a variant for the Mu Koan, um, or in this case, perhaps we should call it the Dog Koan, as the question presents as that query about the Buddha natureness of a dog. We should infer it's really about you and me, otherwise it's pretty abstract and Despite appearances to the contrary, koans are never about the abstract. In that version, when the student of the way asks her question, she is told, yes, no, yes, perishes, does not perish. The perfect conundrum, kind of like our lives, don't you think? With that hanging in the air, traditional teachings and some terrible assertion that seems to negate the traditional teaching, both brought together as some strange invitation to us, you and me. Let's turn back to the quote. Dashwe Fajin lived from late in the ninth century until well past the middle of the tenth. He lived and taught mostly in Sichuan of peppercorn and chili uh, fame. It is said, for a decade or so, he lived in the hollow of a tree behind a temple on Dashwe Mountain, from which we get his property. He gives uh, 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 some very interesting advice. He calls us to the cup of fire and everything perishing. No soothing doctrines, more 
Old Ring of Fire by June Carter and sung by her husband with those Mexican horns in the background. For me, it's hard not to recall T.S. Eliot's fire sermon uh, in the wasteland, uh, burning, 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 burning. Oh, Lord, thou pluckest me out. Oh, Lord, thou pluckest me out. And not just any old thing burning. When we look at his use of the words this and it, again, like with the dog, it's pretty obvious. I hope it's pretty obvious. I'm talking about you and me. And not a generalized you and me. You, 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 me. Very specific. This whole project of ours, the Zen way, and our practices of presence, which we really which are really practices of intimacy and poem introspection, which tells us stories about ourselves, always as invitations, always not generalized, but specific for you. So, this, it. What about this, this, and this, it? can it mean if we turn our attention, if we allow authentic intimacy with ourselves? All of ourselves, not tricked by any boundary, however useful in the moment it might be. Well, lots of things. James Joyce is a hard slog, and I have to admit I've never finished either Ulysses or Finnegan's Wake. I love the doubleners. And in the Dubliners, he speaks of a character, perhaps you, sometimes it has been me, without a doubt, quote, he lived at a little distance from his body, regarding his own acts with doubtful slight side glances. He had an odd autobiographical habit which led him to compose in his mind from time to time a short sentence about himself containing a subject in the third person and a verb in the past tense, trying to stamp out lingering coals of an ancient fire. Now, there are a couple of ways to take all this. Repairing that breach between who we see ourselves as and our bodies is an important project. And honestly, if one's spiritual disciplines only take us to that, it's worth a great deal of time and trouble. It's an important project to own our own lives and to be owned be brutally honest. Our way doesn't really need for us to be healthy and balanced. It's after something not actually different, but of a different magnitude. The what that needs integrating turns out to extend a long ways past ourselves. In her poem, Sometimes, Mary Oliver, who I on occasion think of as the Zen teacher's teacher, points to the project we find in the Zen way. We don't know what God is. We don't know what death is. But I believe they have between them some fervent and necessary arrangement. I think of that fervent and necessary arrangement, and that this, and that it, and of course, the call. For me, it's captured 
perfectly in the jewel near Samadhi, a poem attributed to the 9th century Chan teacher Dangshan Liangji. In that poem, there is a specific, pregnant, wondrous, and if you think about it, terrifying line. We're not it, but in truth, it is truth. For me, that line jumbles with a number of other things, few of them having to do with a balanced, healthy life, but rather something vastly, vastly more. It has to do with life and death, with meaning and direction. It takes us to some things that we give very big words to. Life, truth, love. As to the line itself, there are a couple of translations. I find it helpful to triangulate a little on what they're being pointed to. For Reho Masanaga, the line goes, you are not him, he is actually you. For William Powell, the line goes, you are not him, but he is clearly you. I find them interesting in part because they seem compelled to throw gender into the matter, where I've been assured it does not exist in the original text. Of course, it also involves another reading, you are not she, she is actually you. You are not she, but she clearly is for Thomas Cleary, the line goes, you are not it, it is you. And then from the recesses of my dream life, the recesses of my dream life, we get the official Soto translation of, you are not it, but in truth, it is you. You are not it, but in truth, it is you. It is On the spiritual way, at least as it is taught within the Zen schools and captured in the ten oxerting pictures, another of our fundamental texts, we come to the loss of all our ideas about ourselves. Here in that moment, the one we're invited into in that conversation about the Kalpa fire, we tumble into the great empty. Another big word with life and truth. But a very lively empty it is. Causes and conditions, birth, life, death, birth. Here in the midst of the Kalpa fire, along with ends to all things, we find renewal, we find birth. It manifests first as nature itself, just the world, or rather the worlds, you know, stars and all the great mess that is the universe. Then we come as part of this great play of things, um, uh, to where we are old and where we are new, living, yes. All of it found as nothing other than the being we are that is you. One follows the other, the fervent and necessary this it. I am not it. My ideas, my desires, I own them. They play out as me and my part of the great mess of things. In truth, a line that may not exist in the poem, I'm not sure, but in truth, within truth is right. 
a moment of turning, a realization, the great lacuna within which all things Even if it's not there, it's felt. This, it, Elliot again. He got a bit of what we're talking about when we speak of this, uh, of it, of the cult of fire. We are being invited to notice this one. This line from Little Gibbon: The dove descending breaks the air with flame of in. Of which the tongues declare the one discharge from sin. The only hope or else despair lies in the choice of fire or fire. To be redeemed from fire. Who then devised the torment? Love. Love is the unfamiliar name behind the hands that wove the intolerable, intolerable shirt of flame. Which human power can. We only live, only conspire, consume hide by hide fire. This is our project. Healthy, unhealthy, dying, living, loving. This, it, the cult of Love. That's a word which should be used a bit more in our Zen circles. Love is the project. Love as this. Love as it. Love as the kalpa. When we find this intimate truth as our own truth, we return to the world. This world, not some other world. This world on fire. This world on fire. And we bring a good word. We can reach out a hand as we can. After all, we are the infinite itself in everything and every one of us. We are just this with all the limitations being a, a moment But joined in the fire, our hands and our words, well, they can heal the big You and I become one man. You and I become the Bodhisattva and the Bodhisattva. You're not it. And the truth it is you. It's necessary and fervent.